Welcome to Adventure Parenting with Grace, a gospel parenting podcast where we will come alongside you to embrace the joys of parenting and walk through the most painful of challenges with courage and hope in Christ. Hi, I'm Lori Donahue, and I'll be your host for this podcast. And each week we will come to you with a variety of perspectives and a multitude of topics. I'll be interviewing many different people who have wisdom and experience beyond the scope of any one person. I hope you'll join us for this podcast where you'll meet new people, get new perspectives, and I hope you'll be inspired toward a parenting joy and contentment that you didn't know was possible. And I want every single podcast to leave you with new tips and strategies that make parenting easier and even more fun. It's my desire that you experience joy in your heart and peace in your home. Now, I know that you are a busy mom or dad, so this podcast will last only 15 to 20 minutes so you can get on during the day implementing what you have learned. Let me say a word about the experts that we'll be interviewing. Certainly, we'll have psychologists, professors, authors, but I believe the best experts of all are those who have walked in the thick of the journey. We'll have parents that have experiences that they will share. And I know that we will all gain much, much wisdom from what they will offer us. Each podcast will be honest and real. It will be relatable. It will leave you with hope and will give you practical strategies to meet your day with a plan. I told you that the normal length of this podcast will be about 20 minutes for each interview, but this morning I thought we would take a little bit more time to introduce the podcast. So in 2019, I recorded a webinar, and in that webinar, I talked about why gospel parenting is completely necessary and a little bit about fact-centered cause-and-effect parenting versus heart-centered parenting. I thought I would share that with you so you could get a feel of where we're going in this podcast. So we will go ahead and listen to that now, and then afterwards, we'll follow up with some comments. There are a lot of parenting strategies out there that don't work, and a lot of things that we buy into every day, and a lot of things that we assume are even part of the faith community and, and the way we're supposed to do things, but it's not part of the initial design. So I am really glad that you're here, and I really want to take us through um, what the parenting plan is that I see in Scripture and what works because I've done it both ways. I've done the things that don't work, and I've done the things that do work. So with that... Let's begin. Our parenting systems are broken, and our world is broken, and it's pretty scary for us as parents. If you don't believe me, listen to this. Violent death, suicide, and homicide is the leading cause of death among 10 to 24-year-olds. The suicide rate among children aged 10 to 14 has nearly tripled from 2007 to 2017. And there's been one suicide for every 25 attempts. And that means that 24 have attempted suicide and not been successful. 
look at the anger and violence in kids. It's really increased. And bullying is a huge problem. Kids are being bullied by cyber bullying uh, because of social media and kids are committing suicide. And that is not acceptable, uh, but it's the truth of what's happening. You go into the stores or into the parks and you hear kids being yelled at by their parents in a very harsh tone of voice. There are high school shootings. This is a big problem that wasn't in our culture 30, 40 years ago, or would be very rare if it ever was. We have increased gang activity, especially in the bigger cities. There's increased drug use, and this is not just in the major cities. This is in probably almost every city in our country. Increased crime in kids. We see young kids, especially in gangs, and doing crimes. And it's not just shoplifting a pack of gum from the store, but they're doing major crimes. Sexual activity to young age. Moms are frustrated. Do you hear it when you hear other moms talk? Moms are confused. They're scared. And moms are burnt out. So is this you? Do you feel frustrated, confused, or burnt out? Even in Christian homes, moms yell and are frustrated and yell in anger. They feel lost. They feel out of control and sometimes hopeless. They feel like they don't know what to do. <clears throat> Much of the time, um, that hopelessness brings a discouragement and inability to, um, to parent our kids effectively. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little story here. This, uh, this actually happened in our house. And I want to set it up by saying, have you ever tried to deposit, uh, to calculate a deposit in your checking account, and you accidentally hit the subtraction button instead of the add button? Well, let me tell you what happened. Last month, my husband paid a credit card that was actually a credit because I had returned something. And now we had twice the credit on our account. He, when he saw the bill come through and he paid the bill, and, it's, and he thought it was a charge, but it was actually a credit. And so he paid it again. And so now we have twice the credit on our account, which doesn't sound so bad. But what that means is that total is now missing from our bank account and is not usable. So... If you're going to figure out how many, how much money you have in your account after a deposit, you have to use the right formula. You have to add instead of subtract it. It's kind of obvious, but it's easy to do. I know, just like uh, happened last month to us. Well, our kids are sort of like that same input and output. They're, the kids have a training account in our teaching them and leading and guiding them. And there are things that we can do that give a positive value and a, are a positive building them up. And there's things that we can do that have a negative impact that uh, tear them down. So how, what are we putting into our kids? Are we putting things into a positive account or are we putting things into a negative account? One of the problems that we have is that we have too many opinions hitting us from all different directions. And these opinions come from, oh, from the internet, from Facebook, from magazines, from TV, from friends, from schools. Opinions come from all kinds of places. And so we end up with questions regarding parenting, like, do we give everyone a trophy because we don't want them to feel damaged to their self-esteem when one person gets a trophy and others don't? 
Do we never spank our kids? Do we spank very freely and very readily? Do we let them decide um, major decisions when they grow up? Or do we help them with those decisions now? Do we tell them 15 times something that they want them to do until they obey? And finally, we know that at the 15th time and our voice is so loud that they finally will obey. Do we yell so they'll listen? Because if we don't yell, they don't listen. And do we watch screens or do we not watch screens? What, what amount of screens is too much? Then there's questions that seem easier, but they aren't necessarily. Should we have a party, birthday party every year? Shall I feed them gluten or dairy? How much of anything is enough or too much? So we are bombarded with questions, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. I know you have many, many more questions. No wonder parenting is so hard. We have so many options, and everybody is saying something different. So who do we listen to? I've asked all these questions, and of course, thousands more. And I'm here to tell you that there are answers to many of these questions, and there's good answers for these questions. And you don't have to go it alone. There are people um, that think in a like-minded way that would love to walk alongside of you. When you feel alone in parenting, it's a very dangerous place to be. We don't want you to be alone. There is hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a new way. Well, it's not really a new way, but it's new to most because it's been hiding under the rug for a very long time. We've sought everything else but the approach that really works. And it's even new to most Christians because Christians have, things have come into the Christian model that they assume are Christian and they're not. But the hope well is really, really deep. And that is that there is so much hope when things look really, really, really bad. So part of our task for our kids is to give them a solid foundation. Did you know that when builders put a post in the ground, they have to dig a hole that's very, very deep to put the, the post in, even if you're putting like a flagpole up or something. You know how deep you have to place the post in the ground in order to, to make the post be solid? You have to put the post into the earth one-third to one-half the length of the post for it to remain solid when the winds come and the storms hit. We need to give our kids a foundation that will allow them to withstand the weather and also other challenges that are thrown at them. So rather than remove all your struggles, there are tools to help you walk through them. We want to reduce the collateral damage and give your kids deep strength from the inside out to navigate these times. So when they get to their teen years, we want them to be internally strong to withstand the pressures of and the peers and the problems. I'd not be honest if I said that the challenges disappear, the troubles are over for good. That's just not the case. However, the problems will not be so severe. Many of them will be avoided and your kids will react with maturity far more times than they might have. And you will have more peace in the process. That sounds pretty good. And I'd like to, with God's help, bring you to what some may call a radical approach that could change your life now and the rest of your life for the better, and also change your family's life and especially change each of your kids' lives. 
And how much better would your relationship be with your husband if there was less chaos in your house? Now, I know some of you are single moms, so that wouldn't apply to you. But less chaos certainly does. So no matter where you are on your parenting road, I want to help. So we may start with the right foundation, but distortions along the road bring bad results. We are sold everyday things like obedience isn't true obedience unless it's miserable. That's just not true. We believe that our kids won't listen until we say something 10 times. Not true. We need to help them by clearing all obstacles in their past so they don't stumble. Not true. We are sold lies about what being a successful mom looks like. That's not true. This list goes on and on, and I'm pretty sure you can create your own list. So where did we get off track? We learned from our families and our friends' families different things that pulled us in a different direction. We saw legalistic and angry behaviors maybe from our parents, and we modeled what we learned from our parents. We may not have the right perspective of what a mom's role is. What are we supposed to be doing as a mom? Are we supposed to be that perfect mom? That is not the right perspective of mom, and we need to alter our perspectives. We're regularly sold lies about what's important. Just turn on the TV and watch commercials, and it's so obvious, but somehow we still fall for those lies. We have the wrong definition of success. So what is the definition of success? That's uh, something we need to realign. And we don't teach to their hearts. We are not teaching to our kids' hearts. This is probably the most important and most critical one to me, and that's why I want to talk about it a little bit more, that, that if we don't teach to their hearts, we are missing the major um, good that we can do as their parents. So we struggle to build our foundation with bricks that don't fit. All these things where we've changed the, the importance of what's important in their foundation, all the things that we've added to our parenting roles, these are bricks that don't fit. And they actually tear down the foundation and we end up with a building that looks like this. Our foundation is often built on a formula that successful parenting is molded and shaped by what we as moms are able to build in our kids from the outside. We struggle and strive to be that perfect mom that gets everything absolutely right. So where does that leave us? Frustrated and angry maybe. When we see cracks in the system, we blame ourselves and we think that we are not a good parent and that we will never get it right and we may even give up hope. When we get discouraged, we spiral down, 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 trying harder but becoming less effective with every turn. The, the harder we try, the faster we spiral down. But that is never what God has designed for us. He's never intended that. He really has a very different plan for all of us all along. So let me give you an overview of what makes this approach different. We are all motivated, our kids included, by impressions that affect us in basically two different ways. We're affected by things that speak to our heads and things that speak to our heart. Okay, the things that are, speak to our head are like facts and um, information, and they're usually very black and white. And we need to be motivated by some of those. For instance, that is the motivation that we learn from when we learn that the stove is hot and we don't want to touch it, or we need to teach our kids, don't run the street, or you'll get hit by a car. That's very fact-oriented, and it's, it is necessary sometimes. 
But there are other things that are motivated by things that speak to the heart. And this is where I have a real passion to share because if we stay in head motivation, we miss the the parent, the main point of parenting altogether, and is to parent them from the inside out and not parent them from the outside external pressures in, but to parent their heart. Kids learn through cause and effect, and you see it very strongly in the cause and effect of if they do something, then a certain thing will happen. And that is certainly a good way to learn certain behaviors. But we don't want just to learn those certain behaviors that are black and white through cause and effect. We want to to parent probably the main point of parenting, and that is to parent their heart. We're training them to be little spiritual beings, and we want them to know the God who has created them and also enjoy God's best for them. So if we only teach them through this cause and effect-based external training, they don't learn how to make decisions except for the avoidance of the effect as long as that is there. Then when they grow up and they can see an alternative around the possible effect or that the effect is gone, it no longer carries any weight for them. Their motivation will no longer exist. Many parents only train in this consequence-based training. That brings us to the second way we want to speak to our kids. We want to speak to their hearts. It is within their hearts that they make decisions to do what is right based on deeper motivations and not external. As moms, we need to speak to them in that heart language that speaks to their ability to feel things beyond the physical. It speaks to their ability to love, to have empathy, concern for one another's welfare, forgiveness, and so much more. It's these messages that will last for their entire life, and they will govern their behavior in a way that cause and effect cannot. This communication is the best for understanding that when things are right and wrong, they have a reason, and they need to know why they're right and wrong. And this, this is what will cause permanent change and build kids from the inside out rather than molding them just from the outside. So now that we know how we want to communicate many things, how do we do it? How do we communicate these things to our kids? The secret is not buried, and it's been under our noses for a very long time. It's just that the other methods that we've mentioned earlier have shouted louder and gotten more attention. And quite frankly, they may work more quickly in the short term, but these won't make the kind of changes that are best for our kids in the long run. I have to admit, I fell for them too. Sometimes it was easier to set a consequence than to have a conversation. Sometimes I was afraid of conversations. Sometimes I didn't even follow through on the consequence I'd promised. Or sometimes I ignored certain behaviors just so I didn't have to deal with them. Or I even counted to 10 instead of being sure that they obeyed right away. It was easier to say, no dessert for you, instead of taking the time to take my daughter into the other room and have a heart conversation with her. After all, I was a busy mom. But as the sign says, there are no shortcuts to any place that's worth going. The things that we want to train into our kids may not be the easiest way to go, but they are the most lasting way to go. And if we teach them early, they will last for a longer time, so we won't have to keep visiting the same behaviors and same behaviors and same behaviors. 
So I totally understand that the long hours of parenting and all the society clamoring that you need to do it right makes it really hard to see another way. You're exhausted. But you have probably heard the saying, give a man fish and you'll feed him for a day. Teach him to fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime. If we take a little more time up front in our day to train with more impact, it will help them learn to self-govern and it's going to reduce many hours of agony of repeating ourselves and making the agony of bigger mistakes that our kids may make. If we don't handle behavior right when they're young, it doesn't get any easier. When the problems are handled immediately and effectively, it, pro it brings you one step closer to that peace that you long for. I have a story for you. I know a medical doctor, and he was also on our local school board. He told of a story of a mom who brought, I don't know if it was a daughter or son, into the office to be seen when she was two years old. It was an absolute chaos while they were there. He couldn't do his job because his daughter was grabbing everything and totally out of control, and the mother had no control. The mother was at a loss with what to do. She did not know how to handle it. Well, fast forward a few years, and there was a third grader that was brought before the school board facing severe consequences and possible expulsion. Yeah, you guessed it. It was the same child. When kids are little, their problems are little, and when they're big, their problems and your problems are big. So this is an example of how we need to solve a problem now and deal with the problem now, because if we don't, it compounds and compounds and compounds. And when they're in high school and college, they can have very severe consequences. There's a way to handle behavior that is peaceable, effective, and long-lasting. There is a way to get permanent change that does not lead to sneaky behavior or behavior that is getting caught motivated. You know that behavior, getting caught motivated. It's like I'm going to do whatever I have to do to not get caught. So as I said before, I've done it both ways, and I know which way works best. So we have a model. God is the perfect parent, and the Bible says that it's the kindness of the Lord which leads us to repentance. Have you noticed that verse before? It's not the harsh discipline that leads our kids to repentance, but it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. If that's how God deals with us, why would we want to deal with our kids any differently? So this is the foundation where I want to begin. It's not always perfect because we aren't perfect, but you can move closer to that peace and calm home with every passing day. I want this for you. Do you want this for yourself? You can have it, and I would love to help you. So here's the bird's eye view of what I think our road uh, should be when we're attempting to grow our kids. We, what we want for our kids. We as moms want our kids to become strong so they make good choices now and make good choices in their teen years so they can navigate their teen struggles and again make wise decisions at that point. So your home will be peaceful and life-giving, enabling mature and well-functioning family members. When they are tethered to that life boy, which is the Lord, they will have a model. If we get to know who God is, part of what I want us all to learn who God really is and not what our minds have pictured them to, him to be, but who he really is, we will see that that is the perfect model. And that's really what, our, what we want our kids to be like when they grow up. And this is possible. In fact, for you, this parenting thing is mission possible. 
here's my mission for you. I want you to be able to take clear action steps to not be overwhelmed because you take them one at a time and move toward your desires. I want you to see progress. I want you to have peace in your home. And I want you to have thriving kids who know God better. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? We will talk about all the specifics. We'll talk about lying and cheating and stealing. We'll talk about loss and grief and how do we deal with it. We'll talk about how do we foster kindness. What do we do with difficult kids? Uh, boy moms, that's a, a, a whole topic in itself. How to generate conversations. How to discipline effectively. How to avoid tantrums. And we'll talk about patience and so many more things that we want to grow into our kids. I think we'll stop there, and I'm truly hoping you will return next week for our interview format, where we'll be talking to Carolyn Hart. She will give us energy, hope, and ideas that she implements. You won't want to miss it. And please subscribe, and be sure to find your rest in the Lord this week.